There used to be a great reverence and respect for church. You know, people used to give church the benefit of the doubt, and that's really not the case anymore. We have bloggers that are actively trying to tear down and disrupt what's happening. You have AGs that are investigating lawsuits or, you know, happening. And it's, you know, I mean, it's just all part of the normal progression that the Bible tells us will be happening, you know, as we get closer toward the end. You're listening to the 95 Podcast from the team at 95 Network, where we host conversations specifically designed to support leaders in small and mid-sized churches. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the 95 Podcast. This is Dale Sellers, Executive Director at 95 Network. And today I'm uh, really uh, thankful to have opportunity to hang out with a couple of old friends I've known really since I started leading 95 Network. Uh, As we record this, we're right at the end of June and uh, on July 1st, uh, we'll, I will begin my, I think it's my seventh year of leading 95 Network. It's, it's my sixth birthday, so I'm not sure if that means I've got six years to go, whatever it is. Uh, and, and one of the very first uh, partnerships we formed was with uh, these guys uh, as they were uh, doing business uh, to help small churches. And so I'm really happy to have them with me today. Uh, I've got Stephen Goodspeed and then I've got Dustin Gaines. Guys, how you doing? Doing well. Thank you very much. I'm very hey, honored. Bill. Good morning. How's the weather in Texas? <laughs> it's hot. It's hot. Yeah. Well, we we've been we've been uh, Noah's uh, Noah's flood has been over South Carolina for the last six months. So, but I know that most of the country is either in drought or in heat, and so I know you guys in Texas. But you know that just makes your peppers hotter and your food better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's take a moment. And before we kind of dive into what we want to discuss today and get to know you guys a little bit, uh, Dustin, take a moment and introduce yourself and kind of tell us a bit about yourself. And then uh, and then Stephen, we'll come to you. Yeah, thanks for having us, Dale. It's an honor to be here today. And, you know, we we love the the, the church. You know, it's always been, you know, a core part of our, our calling and mm-hmm. our life. And, you know, for, for me in particular, I've been involved in, in church work since uh, undergrad, graduated from college early 2000s and spent, uh, man, six or seven years traveling itinerantly and speaking in churches and then went on church staff and worked in school administration. And the Lord just made it very clear, not knowing why, but go to law school Mm -hmm. and use whatever you can do as an attorney to be able to help churches. And I was very interested in the litigation side of things. So went to law school and graduated. And really, ever since, with some time, I worked at a firm in downtown Dallas to be able to get a lot of trial experience. But outside of that, I've been involved in church and school work for my entire career. And now here at our firm, my church law firm, we're able to work with churches and schools and nonprofits all over the country. I oversee the litigation and the, I guess, the the crisis or contested matters type things. So, you know, don't take it personal, but nobody really ever wants to talk to me. So the way that we built that is we like to have conversations in advance of the bad things happening so that we can steer around those and take high risk areas where we've personally been in the trenches and helping churches get out of those problems. And what we learned through that, we're able to make in a very proactive way and we're able to help churches steer around some of those pitfalls. But uh, we just are honored to be called by the Lord to support the church. You know, we look at ourselves like Aaron holding up, you know, Moses arms and, and doing everything we can to be a support and a help and provide some peace of mind. So now I want to make sure I heard this right. So you said you worked in the church and then you went and you went and experienced trials. Is that what you said? Because <laughs> I'm sitting there going, you you left the trials, brother. 
<laughs> yeah, worked at the church, went to law school, and then, and then started um, doing trials. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, I worked um, at, at a firm in, in downtown Dallas, and, and yeah. we got lots of trial experience. A little bit different from the church trials. I was going to say, the listeners on this podcast are going, dude, we get those every week, so <laughs> you should connect really well with them. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, I've experienced personally, there's not mm. that big of a difference between yep. angry judges, mm. angry parents in a school administration, and disgruntled members. So, <laughs> been on both sides of all of it. I heard lots of amens all across America when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephen, take a few moments and kind of share your story a little bit. Yeah, well, I appreciate it very much. I'm probably um, 23 years into the practice of law, and I think around 16 of those have been exclusively representing churches, ministries, or Three and a half of those years were serving on staff at um, Southwestern Baptist Seminary in Fort Worth. So really just, um, you know, really try to bring a ministry mindset to what we do. I mean, we just we love the local church and we're all about trying to take the gifts and callings that we have in our lives. And and, and among the three of us that are law partners here at my church law firm, we've got different skill sets and experience and background. But a common theme is we really love what we do and there aren't, you know, a whole lot of attorneys that can say they're yep. called and passionate about what they do. And, and we are, it doesn't mean things don't get difficult at times mm -hmm. and we don't have kind of ups, downs, trials and tribulations at times, but um, it's always really good. And we always know that we're in the sweet spot of kind of doing what we can do to serve the local church. And, and so that's, um you know, just really an, an honor and a blessing really. And, the thrust of our firm is to try to be of service to the local church. And that's, that's kind of really the the sum and substance of who we are and, and what we try to do. Now, before we dive into the meat of the podcast, I do want to talk about the fact that you are a meat smoker. Uh, I, I follow you on Facebook. <laughs> you post lots of awesome things that you do. How long have you been doing that kind of thing? Cause you, you oh. look, looks like, you know what you're doing. Oh, eight or nine years, probably something like that. You know, that's sort of the creative artistic sort of bent. Um, yeah. Side note, my wife's not much of a cook. Um, and that's by, uh, <laughs> by intentionality. She doesn't actually doesn't do a lot of that. So I uh -huh. had to, had to learn and bring that, um, you know, to the family or it wasn't probably going to happen. So, but well, I, you, I enjoy you getting have a outside. Gift. Based on what I'm seeing, you have a gift, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's a lot of fun and get to be creative and get to start and finish something at the same time, which is really good. Sometimes, you know, the practice of law, we stuff stretches out and, you know, there's a lot of yeah. process and this is something where mostly everyone's happy when you're done. Also, yeah, also yeah. good. <laughs> I, I, I would be, I, I've, I've invited myself multiple times to when I was seeing you post stuff. So Dustin, <laughs> what do you, invitation. what do you do for fun? Oh, I like to read. I like to golf, woodworking, and uh, like to shoot, shoot guns, too. So Okay, yeah, that's right. You guys are in Texas, so y'all can do that kind of thing. That's, that's right. Good. That's right. <laughs> so, bang from time to time. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk a little bit about what, what, why does the church need – well, let me say this up front. So you guys have represented or, or, or been there for 95 Network since I've been here. One of the things that I wanted to do when I started leading 95 Network was to make sure everything that we were doing was legal, above board. You know, we are a nonprofit. We don't want anything to ever jeopardize that. And you have been so good to us and, and guided us in such wonderful ways. Um, but a lot of – you know, we work with a lot of small churches, and – they don't do too hot in this in this arena as far as like, you know, legal things and keeping notes and that kind of thing. So why why the passion for the small church, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, we understand, you know, the resources are always sort of, you know, in competition with each other. And how do you deploy them? And you've got, uh, you know, extremely important ministry needs and those kinds of things. And so we've we understand, you know, and we're sensitive to 
you know, the, the, the issue of ex expenses and, and resources and that kind of thing. And that's one of the reasons why we've kind of, um, are in the process of deploying a, a private client portal and we're going to make available to 95 network members cool. that will hopefully, you know, be able to provide curated legal resources that are specific to small churches. And, you know, the legal environment and Dustin will attest to this, you know, uh, be better than I will, but the, um, the legal environment's changed a lot. Sorry about that. Um, has changed a lot. And some of the issues that we're dealing with now, um, and, and, you know, you can sexual orientation, gender identity for sure, but we've got emerging threats just even in the employment law arena, um, zoning, um, you know, you, you do not have, um, necessarily, uh, favorable, um, juries, judges, you know, and these kinds of things anymore. You know, those, those days are, are pretty much gone. You know, even here in Texas, you know, we've got, um, uh, everyone's got to, you know, make sure you're buttoned down as well as you reasonably can be. I'll say, mm -hmm. you know, you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And sometimes you can get overwhelmed when attorneys start talking about risk, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can kind of um, uh, see risk around, you know, every corner and that's yes. sort of our stock and trade. And, you know, it's necessary in some, some respects to do the job we do, but um, you know, it, it's it's helpful for us to to be able to be involved in in the in the foundational documents, the governance issues. You know, we we often will see, um, you know, disputes and stuff from a governance standpoint. And a lot of that can be, you know, we can clarify things and we can also make sure that some of the issues with respect to sexual orientation, gender identity, employment. You know, we've got Christian arbitration and mediation clauses that we can help deploy to really try to keep our clients out of the ditch and try to keep mm -hmm. them out of litigation and put them in a strong position in case something happens, um, you know, that those issues can be, can be dealt with, but you know, the, the issue of resources and is always an issue. We're hoping that the, um, uh, the portal that we're going to deploy for the 95 network members will be helpful to bring some curated content in a practical way. And, and I yeah. know that ministry mindset's part of, what we want to do, you know, it doesn't have an attorney client relationship. If that's needed, you know, we're there. Hopefully keep sure. us in mind. But in the meantime, we want to be of service and try to make sure that uh, we backstop um, the local church as best we can, you know, in the meantime, Dustin probably has some other thoughts to share. Yeah, Dustin, I was going to ask to tell you, you know, one of the, one of the craziest quotes I ever heard from a pastor happened when I first started leading 95 nowhere. And this pastor said, when I don't understand something, I just avoid it. <laughs> but that's not a good philosophy. Have you seen that as far as dealing with churches? And again, our churches are typically small, mid-sized churches uh, when it comes to legal issues and, and, and really, you know, some things you have to do to kind of to, to keep your nonprofit status intact. Have you seen anything like that? Oh, yeah, we, we see it all the time, you know, and there's a lot of reasons, you know, for not wanting to undertake big projects. You know, some of the biggest risk areas are you, when, when the governance isn't intact with, uh, you know, taxation issues. You know, there can be problems that kind of snowball and just, you know, loom larger and larger, you know. And then when it's a you know catastrophe, that's the first time that, you know, we get a phone call is, hey, we have this problem. There's an audit or there's an investigation or a demand letter has showed up. And, you know, you're able at that point to diagnose what needs to be, you know, corrected and fixed. But something pretty bad has already happened. So mm -hmm. 
you know, you wish that you would have gotten that phone call when they first kind of saw that things were off the rails a little bit so that you could help, you know, get, it's a lot easier to get things on track. You know, I mean, just one degree of deviation, you know, over time, you're, you're way off base. So the earlier we can handle that and jump in, it makes it less expensive, less stressful, mm -hmm. less public, and you're able to get back on and locked into ministry focus. So, yeah, unfortunately, we see that quite a bit. I know there's a lot of, uh, or not, I shouldn't say a lot, but several issues that are before the Supreme Court right now to deal with religious, uh, how we relate to specific things. Are, are you guys aware of any of those or, or, or know how the things may be leaning? How about you? Did you know anything about that, Dustin? Yeah, you know, there are some employment cases that are up right now. Um with, with uh, you know, different things that are happening. Um, you know, the, the big issue right now in employment law it, with with the courts and with with churches is, you know, how much can a court involve itself and enmesh itself in a church's right to fire people that perform ministerial functions. So, you know, there's some of that that's brewing right now um, and those, you know, t type of things. But, you know, at, at this point, it's it's really refining the decisions that have already been made. There was a huge decision in 2012 the Hosanna Tabor case, and it unified the country from the Supreme Court level and said the unanimous decision, you know, courts cannot interfere in a church's right to fire its ministers, even if it's, you know, discrimination, retaliation, harassment. And, you know, incidentally, labor and employment cases are the number one lawsuit matter that we're dealing with in our office right now that churches are experiencing. Um, it's been here in the last few years, really since COVID that has happened. So that 2012 decision in Hosanna Tabor was really important. And then in 2020, there was another case, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And the area of employment law in 2020, it, Our Lady of Guadalupe case helped us understand a little bit more who can be qualified as a ministerially functioning employee mm -hmm. so the church can receive that protection. So we're just refining and, you know, building upon, you know, those two pretty good foundation pieces, you know, religious liberties are alive and well, and the First Amendment still means something today. And, um, you know, we're just looking at how that's being applied, you know, as we move forward here. You know, one of the big issues, and, and we've kind of just started uh, in, in, in our conversation so far, is, is dealing with, you know, the, the is it LGBTQ? I, I lose track of all the letters, but that's that's become a big issue. And I know that there are uh, even churches that have no problem with having homosexual folks on staff and whatever. But but I would imagine that the majority of the listeners of 95 Network or of the podcast probably are in the other camp. So if, if how do you are we protected as far as dealing with that? And I don't want to be anti or, or, or mean spirited toward anyone who's a homosexual. Jesus loves everybody. I understand that. And I don't want to do I'm not putting that's between you and him. We're not dealing with that. But as far as the church employing folks, do they have the right to say, you know, who can and who can't work? Uh, I, this is kind of a touchy area. And I don't even know how to ask the question the right way. Yeah, there's really two different, two different approaches. You know, the, the first one would be, you know, churches are able to practice their sincerely held religious beliefs. So mm -hmm. churches don't just go around and say, boy, we're going to, you know, we want to pick on, you know, a group of people. I mean, you know, uh, to echo your point, Dale, you know, I mean, it's churches love people. They're there yes. to, to help, but, yes. you know, churches, you know, 
good churches, <laughs> you know, they have a higher authority that they're operating under. You know, mm-hmm. one of my favorite judges here in Dallas County is when law- lawyers go into the courtroom, the, the judges question to them. He's tired of hearing lawyers talk. So counsel, what is your authority for what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And he wants to hear what the case law is, what's going to bind him and guide him. And really that's no different, you know, in churches. I mean, mm-hmm. the authority for churches is the word of God. It's yes. the, you know, inspired scripture. It's, you know, that's where the marching orders, I mean, everything from pastoral qualifications to church polity, I mean, everything flows out of that. So there really is no difference, you know, when a church looks at a heterosexual couple and there's adultery that's happening for a church to respond to that. And that's not what the Bible teaches. There's mm-hmm. chapter and verse on why God does not allow that. Well, mm-hmm. On the same token, there's chapter and verse for why God does not allow homosexuality and traditional marriage is an important thing. I mean, Jesus even echoed and repeated a lot of those things. So when a church is practicing its sincerely held religious beliefs, it's really important that it, and for just a dumb lawyer word, that it codifies those someplace. Mm -hmm. And that would be in the church's statement of faith. And the statement of faith is generally going to be in the governing documents. And you're going to have a position on your statement of faith. You know, we believe in the Trinity. We believe in baptism by immersion. We believe the deity of Christ. We believe, you know, the inerrancy of scripture. I mean, you just, you go through all of them, but nowadays it's really good for churches to put what they've always believed. And that is, we believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. We believe that you know, and included in that, you know, I mean, that's not the only sexual sin that churches need to recognize. I mean, yep. the Bible talks a lot about lust. Jesus talks about lust a mm-hmm. lot, talks about adultery a lot, and all of that is included. And that's as the church, it's the, the publicly written place where it's just expressing what the Bible teaches and how the church adheres to that. So when you have a guest that comes to the church or when you have an employee And we've dealt with all of these, you know, the guest shows up and they say, you know, I was biologically born, you know, a male, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the ladies, you know, restroom that's there. Well, a church has a right to prevent that from happening based upon its sincerely held religious beliefs. So it's really important that those and I hate even calling them social issues because they're not social issues. They're biblical moral issues mm-hmm. that have been around since the beginning of time, you know, mm-hmm. since the, the Bible was, you know, inspired and penned. And, you know, those are there to be able to, and should be there to be able to protect a, a church to show that it's just merely practicing its sincerely held religious beliefs. So a statement of faith is huge, should have a statement on marriage. You should have a statement on, you know, it's weird to say, but, you know, bathroom policies is a a big one today. You know, the biological, the sex that, you know, a person was assigned at birth is the restroom that is to be used, you know, those things. And then when it ventures into the employment cases that we get, you know, you'll have a staff member that they'll, you know, come out and they'll identify as homosexual. The church will say, you know, we love you, but that is in violation of what we believe. You know, it's a violation of the scriptures. You know, I mean, it's no different than if a staff member were saying, hey, I'm openly engaging in adultery. You know, the church said, we love you. We want to help you. We want to get you through this and we want to guide you and you know this is what we believe the bible says but you can't work here while you're practicing through that yeah. and that's the process now you know that you're going through so having that written in the statement of faith 
And really, there needs to be an intellectual and biblical honesty with churches. You know, I mean, there's a lot of sexual sins that need to be addressed. I mean, it's an epidemic today. And, you know, I mean, I think First Timothy says, you know, the church is the pillar and ground of truth (laughs) for Mm -hmm. our world. And, you know, you have to have, you know, ministers that are there that are really honoring and reflecting, you know, all of the qualifications and and those things. And just having it in those governing documents is really important from, from that standpoint. The key, though, Stephen, is that we have this written down. We, we it, it, my understanding is, if it's not written down, and then an, a, a situation arises, and you would, and you begin to address it, that can lead to discrimination. Is that correct? Well, I mean, to to Dustin's point, I mean, it's it's the writing it down is is it, you know important primarily you know from the legal standpoint. I mean, you've got yeah. it written down, and you've got you know the ability to point to something objective that's an expression of what you've. You know, the church has traditionally always believed. And it's also true that, you know, because I'm I'm sensitive to the fact that a lot of our listeners here may be in churches where these issues haven't emerged yet. Yes. And um, and and this is the time for you to prepare for that reality to happen, because it's going to it will it will look very personal if yes. you start to devise what you're going to do when when it it gets brought to your attention and it's you're dealing with a person. If you've done it, thought about these things in advance and wrestled with the the orthodoxy and the orthopraxy and you got your beliefs and your practices in alignment and, and expressed them in writing, you're pointing to something objective and it's not personal. It's what you, yeah. your sincerely held religious beliefs have been thought about and expressed, you know, in writing. And, and it's it, 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 it almost, you know, I hate to use the word PR, but just from a communication standpoint, um, it, you know, it 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 helps for us to for our churches to get, to lean into some of these issues in advance. Hopefully, yes. you know, and it won't be reactive, and you're in a, a lot better place for ministry when you're not scrambling and trying to get committees established and trying to think through these issues, and then you've got a an actual situation in front of you. And you know, um, these issues also, it, you know, the bathroom is is a, obviously a, a, um, a sensitive subject and. And, and needs to be addressed. But, you know, you've also got issues with children and overnight camps and travel and all of those sort of issues, too, that that we routinely help churches navigate. But but, yeah, to your to your point, it's 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 a good thing to engage in the hard work of getting together and deciding um, what 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 the church believes and, and how it's going to communicate those beliefs. And, and I um, tend to stumble when we try to ask questions about this, because I want I want to make sure that I don't come across unloving toward anyone. But I also want to make sure that our churches understand you still have the right in America to stand on, as Dustin put it, your, your biblical beliefs. And again, uh, it doesn't matter what the church down the street believes. You can stand on what you believe and that that's still legal. But what I am concerned about and this reason I brought up the, the quote earlier is too many churches or what if I don't understand something, I just avoid it. I don't think some of these issues are going to be able to be avoided forever. Uh, I, I think that it's, you know, there seems to be an aggressive agenda uh, in some camps to, to come to take the church down uh, in some of these arenas. And so that's why, you know, I, I want to talk about this stuff, I, but again, I want to make sure that, you know, uh, I'm not judging anyone, but we do have the right as a church to, to make uh, a stand on certain issues. Here's what I want to need to do. I want to take a quick break and when we come back. Uh, I want to dive into some specifics of what you guys are wanting, are going to do for our 95 network folks. So let's take a quick break. and We'll be right back. Hey guys, podcast producer, Kevin here. Revelation 7-9 describes a group of people from every tribe, from every nation, and from every language all coming together to worship the Lord. 
In other words, a group of people that don't look like each other, probably don't even sound like each other, all coming together to worship God. Hiking Paul is our Unity and Diversity Director, and it's his passion to see churches from across the globe all coming together in unity and unifying, and then going out and reaching their communities. As you think about Revelation 7-9, does that example describe your church and your community? I bet it's a safe bet that we all can use some help having this conversation and learning how to work better together. Now to reach out to High King and find out more about him or anything else the 95 Network has to offer, please visit us on our site at 95network.org. Back here with Stephen and uh, Dustin uh, with my church law firm. And we're just having a wonderful time talking about things that, you know, it's so easy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys uh, had mentioned uh, just earlier in the podcast that you are uh, actually wanting to create a portal and do some things for the 95 Network um, uh, audience. Uh, Dustin, uh, give us some insight on what you're thinking there. Yeah, it's one of our passions, you know, good people with good information make great decisions. So we want, you know, our church leaders to be able to know in advance some of those ways that they can identify and see what the, you know, the landmines are that are out there mm -hmm. and then to be able to have some resources. So uh, one of the things that uh, Stephen has been working on and can talk a little bit more as far as the robustness and, you know, what's, what's out there is a portal for network churches to be able to access some of those resources. So that information can be available and, you know, they can, church leaders can go on there and they can find, you know, helpful explanations, helpful documents. And I think Stephen would be able to, you know, fill in a little bit more as far as what will be available and what will be out there. But uh, we're really excited about providing that information and, and trying to be a help in that way. Stephen, we are, we're trying we're trying to um, minister to smaller churches and we're sensitive to the fact that the budget situations are different, you know, and, and it's um, uh, a challenge and it's, it's the mission of 95 network. And we want to come along beside you all and just help, you know, sort of, um, you know, add, add an extra layer of, of support. We've got curated content from a law firm that we're going to deploy into a private portal and make that available to your members. They can come and, and there's check you know, over time, it'll grow and there'll be checklists and video content articles. Um, we'll probably have special, you know, a webinars from time to time, that kind of thing. But but always with a view towards, you know, trying to be practically useful mm -hmm. um, to the local church. It's a it's something we've tried to, um, you know, as a law firm, we get very busy with our our clients that have active cases and we have responsibilities, you know, both. Um, uh, uh, professional ethics, but, you know, just also the normal, you know, someone's, um, you know, uh, paying us to represent them through very difficult times sometimes. And, and some of this can be all consuming, you know, and it's understandable. I mean, we, uh, among us, you know, can get pulled in different directions. And this is a way to allow us to leverage um, our time and, and expertise in a way to provide, like I say, curated content that's, that's practical and actionable and and our prayer is it'll be you know of, of use to um, the church generally, but certainly for smaller churches, we're going to try to make um, you know carefully selected content available for that, and hopefully that'll be something that your members will be able to take advantage of. And um, it, it's our honor to be able to provide the resources for you all at um, at no cost, and and we um, just um, appreciate the opportunity to do that, to do that. Give us some ideas of some of the arenas you're talking about. Yeah, we may have checklists, you know, with respect to onboarding employees, you know, and maybe interview questions to you can ask and not ask. We might have, you know, um, you can't 
probably audit your your governing documents in the way that we would if we're you know paid to paid to kind of go through them and take the time. But there's things we can do to help guide you along the way, at least, and try to make sure that some of the major issues are um, are looked at. You know, we've got um, over time we'll have you know video training and and some of those things available. Um, as well. And we'll probably, Destin will probably be, be keeping us on the forefront of sort of some of the emerging um, Supreme Court and, and other legal cases that are that are relevant and actionable and and bear on sometimes the governing documents and, and employment documents and, and, and those kinds of things. So we'll, um, you know, those are some of the resources that we'll that we'll have available um, initially and, and over time. And certainly by the time this airs, we'll hopefully be well on our way. Okay. Well, one of the issues that I personally have is um, I've gotten to a place, I, I just turned 61 last month. Th- th- there's just very few entities I trust anymore. <laughs> I don't trust the media. Um, and even in our church world, there's, there's, there's a lot of, of misinformation or uh, I see a lot of the, you know how the Pharisees were in the Bible. I see a lot of that today. <laughs> and, and so, <laughs> and so w- part of having you on is, as I, I don't know the way to say it. I trust you too. Uh, you guys have helped me. Mm-hmm. You've helped 95 network. I believe that we're on firm footing. Uh, but part of the reason I believe that we're on firm footing is because of the way you've guided us, the advice you've given us over the years, the way you've helped. And we, you know, we've done some things where you've, you, we've paid, you've given us a, a, a discounted rate, but we still, uh, I didn't mind spending the money with you because I trust you. Uh, I, I feel like that right now we're just in a, uh, our, our, we live almost daily in a fog, <laughs> you know, with, 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 what, with what we can trust and what we can't. Dustin, have you seen that? Do you feel that? What, do, what are your experiences just on a personal level? Are you kind of getting that same feel in your life or is everything just on solid footing? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. Um, you know, we, we, we've we've noticed a, a lot. I mean, fog is a great way. To, that's the word. That's the word, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to describe it. And you know, from our perspective, you know, after after COVID happened, um, you know, it was almost. I don't know if you remember back in. I remember in elementary school, you know, those big clocks on the wall, and you know everything was synced up, but you could you could hear the minute hand click over. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just it was loud. It was you know every time it would make a move, click. You know, I feel like after COVID, the spiritual temperature. I mean, the the clock audibly clicked over, and I feel like the fog description is pretty good. I mean, labor and employment cases, you know, I mean, that's a direct affront to religious liberties of churches. You know, mm-hmm. those have been just absolutely huge. And then the other big one that has happened, and this one's pretty impervious to how big a church is, you know, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's the, we, we were dealing with this. I mean, it's the new emerging thing, big churches, small churches, you know, all, all different kinds. But State attorneys general have the authority to investigate board governance and how funds are being used. And the theory behind that is, you know, donors are giving to a church and then the church is supposed to use those funds for charitable purposes. So, you know, you'll have an allegation that funds are being mismanaged by a board member or pastor or somebody. So the AG will come in and has the authority to be able to thoroughly investigate. And it's really expensive and it's very time consuming. There's criminal and civil liability that can come as a result of that. So, you know, in that fog, I mean, it's just there's been a huge change. Stephen talked about it earlier. There used to be a great reverence and respect for church. Mm -hmm. You know, people used to give church the benefit of the doubt. And that's really not the case anymore. We have bloggers that are actively, you know, 
trying to tear down and disrupt what's happening. You have AGs that are investigating lawsuits or, you know, happening and it's the comforting part of it. There's nothing new under the sun. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's just all part of the normal progression that the Bible tells us will be happening, you know, as we get closer toward the end. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's definitely a temperature change here, even in the last couple of years on these things. Well, you know, and one of the things that I continue to hear that they're coming after is the just the tax exempt status of a church. Are you hearing that as well, Stephen? Well, I mean, for sure, there are academics on the other side and others, you know, nonprofits, um, you know, that are specialized in trying to, you know, I would say, you know, overemphasize a separation of church and state. And, you know, I don't I won't get too far off on a tangent on this a little bit, but, you know, there's already a Supreme Court precedence with a Bob Jones University case on interracial marriage or dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a, a bad biblical position pushed to a terrible legal conclusion. Mm-hmm. And that that's that case is sitting there and it, and it stands for uh, the ability of the state to, um, you know, revoke tax exempt status and, you um, um, you know, when, 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 um, there's a compelling, you know, state interest involved and that sounds like legal speak until, you know, at some point in the future, it's possible that the, um, uh, the federal government may coalesce around the idea that you're, you can have your sincerely held religious beliefs, um, but you're not going to be able to claim tax exempt status. And we're not there yet. And we don't use that, um, to try to create fear and to stoke, um, any sort of, um, you know, fear among um, uh, clients and potential clients or anything like that. And yet, on the other hand, you know, we're not guaranteed tax exempt status um, at any point in time. You know, it's an act of legislative grace. And and in the meantime, it's important for us to, um, you know, be as active as as we're able to be in protecting the rights that we do have. Um, that includes in the civil sphere, you know, in, with voting and, and being active, Um and um, and those kinds of things, because, you know, it's it's you know, we we stand sort of between the sometimes the forces that are kind of out there that are wanting to take things in a in a direction that are, you know, that that harm churches. And so yeah. we're our role is protective and and something we take take very seriously. And, and Dustin's on the on the forefront of that with with our litigation and, and, and some of the other matters as well. Well, I love the church. There is no plan B. And mm-hmm. and this is what Jesus left us with, and we are we are so distracted at times from just just simply sharing the gospel and making disciples, but but we can't use that as an excuse to be unprepared, and and that's why I connected with you. That's why you're our strategic partner of ours. That's why we do podcasts from time to time uh, around legal issues. I don't want churches to be caught off guard. So Dustin, you're sitting uh, today, you're having coffee with a a pastor of of, of a small church, you know, in rural Texas. uh, And you're just hanging out and he looks at you and says, you know, give me some advice, man. You know, what do you see coming? What do I need to do to be, make sure that my church is, 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 is legally protected? What would you tell him? Yeah, the first thing is those attorney general investigations that I've been telling you about. I mean, those are a real threat right now. I've never seen, you know, more of them that have been happening. So, you know, what I would talk with that pastor about is, you know, let's talk about your board. Let's talk about your financial policies. Let's look and see, you know, 
what your accounting looks like? Are you following best practices, you know, through, through that? Because the, the way that, you know, a, a lot of small churches may function is that you just, you have a couple of people and they're the only, there's no board oversight, you know, mm-hmm. as far as what's happening from a fiscal perspective. And that's what the AG is really interested in is, you know, what does the money look like? And you just need to make sure that everything's, you know, intact, that there's accounting principles that are being followed, you know, that receipts are being kept and those things. After that, the biggest ones would be child abuse prevention is still, you know, right at the top of the list, you know, churches have a moral duty to keep kids safe. So, you know, what are you doing? You know, what are your policies and procedures? What do they look like? What is your training like? How are you screening people? You know, we just, we go through, you know, all of that. And then third, I would hit on the uh, labor and employment things. You know, a lot of folks don't understand. They hear, you know, labor laws, you know, what are those? (laughs) With it, So we just are able to work through and, you know, there's a lot of education that happens with that. So we're able to talk. Here's what labor laws are. Here's what they mean. Here's how a church can be protected, you know, and really it goes well in our culture today to send the message loud and clear to church staff and to to leadership that we want to care for you as an employee here really well. We want you to be safe Mm -hmm. while you're here and you're working. And, um, you know, those would be the top three, you know, big issues. And then after that, you know, we'd look at insurance and make sure that everything was insured properly. We would look at, you know, the general governance, you know, and make sure that, you know, articles and bylaws are intact and, and all of those things. But those would be the big three that we would visit on at the, at the coffee shop if asked. And I want our listeners to know, I actually had you do that for us years ago, as far as looking over our articles, bylaws, all that stuff. It's all went through you guys and you, you know, you, you helped us get what we needed and, and our board signed off on it. So I, I just want to kind of make sure people understand this is not just, I'm not just interviewing a couple of lawyers. These guys are my friends and they've also, they're also helping to guide 95 Network. Stephen, I know how much you love the church and your passion for the church. I'll ask you the same question. You're sitting with the pastor over coffee and he's discouraged, you know, and he's come to you for advice. What do you tell him? Well, look, I mean, I, a lot of it, you know, from a legal standpoint, same as Dustin, you know, as far as the, the priorities and stuff go, but um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We, you know, the, the soul care program that you all have at 95 network, I think is, is critically important. And, Really, the this the issue of being prepared helps a lot. I mean, a lot of times, you know, unless churches are facing an active threat that's presented itself, and you've got litigation or the threat of litigation, or you've got a public, you know, sort of um, blogger that's latched on and, and is going after you. Sometimes it's the fear of the unknown, you know, mm-hmm. and just and and you know, part of what we do to provide peace of mind is, you know, when you've gone through. Um, you know, some of the steps that, that Dustin's outlined, um, you know, you can feel pretty good that you're, you know, you've got your your house in order and that you're prepared for the the winds, you know, when they start to blow, that you've kind of gotten gotten um, some of the basic preparation done. And so a lot of the work that we do that's trying to make our churches, you know, safer, you know, hopefully has the um uh, the, the the byproduct, if it's not the prime product, I hope is some peace of mind for our pastors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's critically important for us to, to, you know, we, and you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And we've got sometimes trade-offs we have to navigate and budgets and, and timeframes, all that stuff is fair, you know, and we're, we're on, um, we work with clients of all sizes across the United States. We're a national law firm and, and sensitive to the different um, issues that, that clients face in, in different areas of the country and different areas of their growth, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. And an initial 
legal audit is is um, is certainly helpful in the in the sense that Dustin's been talking about, and so I think that's a a, a great place to to start. But that's where we a lot of our satisfaction comes from ultimately providing that that peace of mind. And you know we don't we're not immune from needing you know some encouragement from time to time on our our own side too. And, and the great blessing is we're able to get on our clients' websites and kind of refamiliarize ourselves with the mission of our clients, you know, and that's what keeps us, um, keeps us going. You know, we, we want to bring glory to God through serving the local church. And, and, um, sometimes we have to reacquaint ourselves also with sort of what's going on out there in the bride of Christ worldwide. And there's a lot to be encouraged about. And so sometimes you can get attorneys on a, a program like this, you know, and we can talk about sort of the things that are happening in the culture and the things that are happening at the Supreme court. And by the way, some of that stuff's been really good, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. over the last several years. Um, but there's, um, a lot to be encouraged about and the gates of hell ultimately won't prevail against the church. Any one local church, you know, there can be issues and stuff like sure. that. And, and we're here to help and, and, and do those kinds of, um, the things that are wise, um, in, in this cultural and legal environment that we find our, ourselves in. But I hope that at the very end of this, um, conversation, um, today that, that, We'll leave encouraged, actually, that, um, you know, there's a, a lot that, that we see going on across the United States that even in areas where there's, you know, opposition from local governments and local populations and um, certainly some of the coastal clients that we have, especially, but but it can be anywhere. Yeah. Um, we still see the Lord moving in and through his people, even in difficult circumstances. And we're there to help provide, you know, some protection against some catastrophic legal sort of issue or situation. But um, it's it's also our great pleasure to see see the Lord moving in and through our clients and um, both locally and, and across the world. And that's always a great, great blessing and, a, and, a, and an honor for us. The small church pastor has so many things to deal with. They and, and, and I will definitely say that I believe that oh, we're on this side of the pandemic. I never say that we're you know, it's over, but the effects of it and, and the pressures uh, a lot of churches uh or have found that they're in need and wanting and uh, just weren't prepared for a lot of things. Um, I believe we're in a reformation. I, I believe we're literally in a reformation of how we do church moving forward, at least in the United States. And, and I think that's being, being seen right now. We see major denominations that are in the news every day with some of the things that are, that are going on with, you know, with their things that they're working through. And so, uh, Part of why I wanted to connect our audience with you guys is to know they'd have a trusted friend they could lean on uh, as, they, as they are dealing with stuff. And 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 this is not stuff that pastors were trained to deal with. That's why you need to talk to the experts. So before we run out of time, I want to ask both of you the same question. I'm going to ask you the the, the, the scary one first and then the happy one second. So, so Dustin, you're looking over the horizon right now. Uh, over the next five years, what's, what's the thing that keeps you up at night? What scares you the most about where we are and where we're headed? Yeah, well, from the legal side, I've mentioned it a lot on this call, but it would be the, you know, the AG, the attorneys general and their investigations that they're, you know, going in. And I mean, they have the power to remove board members and and terminate and do all of those. And um, there's a lot of reasons with that. You know, when the IRS is involved, the IRS has it's called the Audit Procedures Act. And there's a lot of protections that churches have through the IRS standpoint when the AG's office has it, those protections are gone on the state level. There's not nearly as as many of them. And those have spiked to a level, it's just, it's happened quick wow. um, with, with those things. So 
that's the big one. And like I said, they're always looking. I mean, you know, the allegation is, is that charitable funds were given and those funds were spent on personal things. And the breakdown on it from the litigation side is a lot of times there's very poor record keeping Mm -hmm. on the financial side. I see that all the time. And how things were done. So that's the biggest one. And it keeps me up at night just because there's criminal theft and Mm -hmm. fraud allegations against the people that are accused in those. And there's a civil side to it as well. So it's those are tough. That's the biggest one right now. And um, I would say that one. What about you, Stephen? What's when you look at the next five years? What scares you? Very similar. I mean, when you've got active attorney generals and and you've got um, issues at at lower levels, maybe not with churches directly, but district attorneys, I mean, it it matters a lot, you know, who we put in law enforcement positions at our local, state and federal level. And it's, um, you know, it it can be weaponized against churches. And again, don't want to stoke fear about that. But in the meantime, you know, we need to have our house in order and make sure that we're doing things decently and in order. And we can certainly help with that. I I don't live in fear of um, tax exempt status, you know, being revoked or anything like that. I, I think we've got, you know, um, some time on some of those issues. But, you know, it's a, a lot of things with the law. It's kind of like culture, you know, change happens slowly and then all at once. Yeah. And it's the um, all at once part that is um, chilling sometimes to watch. And, and in the meantime, it's helpful to be prepared and, and, and keep your house in order. And we can we certainly exist partly to help help churches do that. And, um, and so when the trouble comes, you know, hopefully we've done some thoughtful things in advance to, to help protect against that because things, you know, are, like I said, can get, get difficult in a hurry, especially when you've got the criminal element that's being brought to bear. In in the King James version of the Bible, it says, and suddenly, and so yeah. I've heard lots of messages about how and suddenly this and then suddenly that and, you know, get everybody all excited about the end suddenly. Well, and suddenly it was just when something happened, everything led up to it. And so it's just the yeah. point that things happened. And so that's kind of what you both are saying. So, Dustin, you look forward now uh, five, 10 years in the future. What gives you the most hope? Well, you know, we believe we're doing what we're doing. You know, the, the church is the hope of the world. That's why we, you know are able to to jump in and we're honored to be able to meet with pastors and board members. And, uh, you know, it's awesome just to see, I mean, church is doing so many great things, you know, I mean, we're learning, you know, our, our churches of all different sizes are, you know, they're involved in biblical counseling to a higher degree than they've ever been, you know, just to be able to help people with the scriptures. There's, mm-hmm. you know, medical ministries. I mean, just you're hearing of, you know, amazing, you know, movements that are happening and, and all of those things. So, you know, from the, the the legal side, you know, I mean, it's a very fallible, uh, it's a, a an imperfect, you know, system of justice that never mm-hmm. is guaranteed. So you can't put your hope in that, but just to be able to stand by and, and see what God's doing through, you know, his churches of all different sizes is, is awesome. And, and that's, you know, for us and, you know, to what we were talking about earlier too, I mean, we talked about some scary things today some scary things that can happen. Simple fixes to all of that. You can take these high risk areas down to nothing. And, um, you know, to our earlier conversation about, you know, the head buried in the sand, you know, ignoring, you know, I mean, really just lean into these issues, get things shored up, you know, as a pastor, you have enough to worry about, but you'll be able to sleep well, you know, all of these high risk areas that we've talked about, the risk is virtually eliminated. If you Mm -hmm. just 
clean in and get things shored up. So um, the more of that that can happen, you know, I'm excited about protecting churches and um, having quick off ramps to any trouble that can pop up. Stephen, what's exciting to you? Gives you hope. Well, a lot of things do, but some of the things that um, that come to mind is I'm I'm starting to see more and more of our churches engaged in in I'll loosely just call marketplace ministry and mm-hmm. and areas that are outside the walls of the church, and so we've got more and more churches that are asking about you know um, whether it's a um, establishing another entity to try to do a little bit different focus in the community. I'm um, in some really creative ways, whether it's you know with with either housing or. Um, you know, combating sex trafficking and some of these things to opening up, you know, um, areas of the church to, um, you know, with either traditional coffee ministry or other other things like that that are in the marketplace and getting the church outside of its own walls. And another thing I'm really encouraged about, too, and it's kind of born out of adversity, but I believe that, um, you know, we, we represent churches, private schools and ministries. And I believe that the private school renaissance is going to continue um, you know, and, and out of necessity in some of the areas where our churches are existing there, just um, it's almost becoming, you know, parental malpractice for Christians in some places to have their kids in public school. I'm not my mom's a public school teacher. And I don't come at this from a place of um, she's retired for some time now, but um, a place of just kind of innate hostility. But I've, I've got to tell you, there are areas where it's grievous, um, mm-hmm. sort of what's um, being taught and promoted and. Um, more and more of our clients are coming to us to establish, um, even if they're not sure, you know, themselves, they want to give it a shot, you know, a two, three, four, five year plan, we've got to do something. Mm -hmm. And so we've been able to partner with them and come alongside them to help with that. And um, Dustin brings some practical experience with that being a a school administrator. I've been at seminary for three and a half years. And, and we've started, you know, different churches across um, the United States and also different private um, Christian schools. And so that's really a great, a great honor and a, and a great blessing and something that we've seen and expect probably to grow, you know, yep. over the coming years. You know, one of the great assets a lot of churches have that they don't take advantage of is just leveraging their building. Their building sits vacant most all week. And there's ways you can use that building in marketplace areas that could help you with income in the future and that kind of thing. We could talk all day. <laughs> there is so much, but, I, and I wanted to, I wanted to have a balance. I wanted to have the tension between there are some really serious issues happening, but I also wanted folks to know, Hey, don't lose hope. You know, just, we just want you to make sure. And if, if nothing else, contact these guys and maybe let them do at least help you do a, an evaluation of, I forgot how you worded what the process is you have, but just an evaluation of if you're in good shape or not, let them do an audit. Uh, you know, it may cost you a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, we want you to be set up for the days ahead because our first focus at 95 Network has always been health first. And this is an area where church needs to be healthy. Uh, so we want you to be healthy before you grow because if you're unhealthy, then and you just become a bigger mess. And so uh, I want to highly recommend Stephen. I want to highly recommend Dustin. Uh, you can find my church law firm on the show notes today. They're one of our strategic partners. And then we will continue to roll out over the next couple of days uh, and weeks uh, this new portal that we've created. We'll email it. We'll put it out there. Uh, I'll let you know through the podcast when it's available. Uh, But I know these guys and their heart and they just want to help. Thank you both for taking the time to be here today. Thanks for listening to the 95 podcast. We look forward to sharing another episode with you next week. In the meantime, visit our website at 95network.org. The website is loaded with great resources created for small and mid-sized church leaders. Until next time, have a great week.